Hello, newsies. Welcome to episode 55, the double nickel episode of Get the Flick Out of Here. Um, I uh, am not your host. Today, Kate is your host. I've been on vacation all week. It's been wonderful, and now it's terrible because we're back from vacation. (laughs) The first day back from vacation always sucks. Um, but I was not, and I knew I would not be able uh, to watch uh, a, a flick for this week. So I said, "Okay, Kate, uh, you pick one out. You get, you watch it, and uh, and then uh, and then you let me know all about it." And so that's what we're gonna do. Uh, and uh, uh, she, I asked her a couple of days ago, "Hey, what'd you ever end up picking?" And she was like, "Josie and the Pussycats." I was like, or we could do a different one. No, 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 no. Josie Pussycats <laughs> is great because there's no chance in hell I'll ever watch that movie. So this will be fine for you to tell me about it. And, you know, uh, who knows? Because I know literally nothing of this film except for the fact that I found out um, a couple of days ago uh, that Tara Reid was in it. That's, yes. That's the, that's the extent of my knowledge about this picture. So you could literally tell me that they turn into a bunch of like that 20 minutes in, they become like the Charlie's angels and become like super spies all over the world. And I'd have no choice, but to believe you. So my, my, this is in your hands. Uh, I will be telling you the truth. And for someone who staunchly was not going to watch this, this is a significantly better film than some Mm. things we've watched. Even ones that were at your urging that were. Mm. Mm, no, that's true, true, true. Um, also, yeah, feel free to super chat along with us if you yes, wish. please. This actually was a recommendation from John Alba, of all people, mm-hmm. a couple months ago. And I was like, let me tap on that and see. Because I remember this movie coming out. It came out in 2001. And the reason I was like, let me give this a go is the cast in this is pretty star-studded like a a lot of this movie is uh alan cumming and i love alan cumming i think he's fantastic um but this Rachel is the Lee first Cook, time hearing of him being in it he plays he's the reason it works to nobody's surprise like he's All right, well, he's, he's great he's, he does he does that a lot with movies he, he does do that a lot uh parker posey's in it and i love parker posey we've talked about her uh, name, before yeah. Eugene Levy has a cameo and I was like, oh, okay. So somebody knows Christopher Guest in all of this. Um, Rachel Lee Cook, Rosario Dawson, Tara Reid, um, Missy Pyle has a side part. And that intrigued me, especially when I saw Alan Cumming because I was like, this does not seem like a movie Alan Cumming would do from the cursory information that I knew about it. But it's it's a satire on the music industry, on entertainments, um it's it it's extremely heavy-handed if it weren't so heavy-handed it would be a better movie it's not that bad of a movie on the spectrum of things we watch Mm, mm. uh it's also not as weird as i thought which is kind of disappointing like it's definitely weird and has its weird moments but i think the animation series where they get sucked into being a cartoon was what i thought the movie was but that was like a whole other animated series that existed in Josie and the Pussycats universe. So yeah, no, not... that that was that was the thing that this movie was based on. That much I know because that was that was like a something from the nineteen seventies, I think. Like it was, it was um, what do you call it? Where things are happen at the same time, concurrent. It was a concurrent um, thing with like um, Scooby Doo. And the super best friends, you know, like it was like, it was that time, and they they decided let's make this movie. Honestly, the thing, the only thing I do know about it is that it was far ahead of its time. Let's take a beloved animated thing from thirty to fifty years ago and remake it live action, and see if we can we can screw anybody into coming in and giving us money to watch the same thing from their childhood <laughs> twice. Just now with people live action being played. I mean, it's interesting. It, um, it, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it is kind of one of those ones to review where it's like, you're a little bit middle ground to get a great review out of it. 
Mm. Uh, but it is it is all right. We're gonna have some fun getting into it, especially with you not okay. having watched it. So wow. um, again, again, like it was so, so funny. He's like Alan Cumming is in it, Parker Posey, Eugene Levy, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a very small part. And you could <laughs> you could have just told me any Steve Carell, his first ever movie. Like it, he was great in it too. Very funny. Um, you could have told me anybody, and I'd be like, oh, really? I had no idea. I am playing this one up the middle, okay? But we do, <laughs> when I lie to you, that's a paywall I, gimmick, my I friend. Am, that's I, am, I, am now, I am now inviting, like, crazy things for you to say. <laughs> just saying, just, yeah, 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 whatever. Spice it up. I don't care. <laughs> it is, um, we'll see when we get into it. I think Ellie Cumming does enough in this to make it me not okay. have to do that. But that's good. Uh, Mike Preventure in the chat points out, something that's actually important, which was I 2001 is when this came out. Kate in 2001 would have gone to have seen this movie if it wasn't marketed as a chick flick and was marketed as anti-consumerist satire, mm-hmm. which is, is a perfect description. So thank you, Mike, for that. But it opens with fans going crazy uh, in a Beatlemania-esque way, not for Josie and the Pussycats, mm-hmm. but for this knockoff boy band. And even as like 13, 14 year old Kate, (laughs) I wasn't like, I wasn't like popular guys. Okay. I did not like boy bands. I was not in, I was like, none of these guys play instruments. I don't care. I was listening to the weirdest Uh shit. I I listened to some like radio Mm -hmm. stuff too. Like I was into like Eve six or whatever. Very big into bare naked ladies at this time. But the boy band thing, every other girl was into, and I was not. So this would have been straight up the middle for me. It The boy band had Seth Green in it. It had um, a couple other actors who I don't know the name of. I think Turk from Scrubs was one of the, the fellas in the boy band. The stoner from Clueless was one of the fellas in the boy band. Um, the name of this boy band is Dujour, which is delightfully like the perfect stupid name. This is mm, mm. only bad, dated, homophobic underlying joke that we get. And this is right at the beginning. And it bums me out because Alan Cumming is in this. And he, like, had to deal with this. But the mm. name of the song that they're singing is Backdoor Lover. That's mm. as cringy as we get. And it happens yep. in the first five minutes. All, All the right. references are exactly what you think they would be. But they're performing on the tarmac, um, and they are about to get on their private jet, and uh, they do so, and that's where we first meet Alan Cumming, who is the band's manager for oh. Mega Records. Um, he, you can immediately tell, he has kind of like longer, slicked back hair. Mm-hmm. He's not. He is. He is industry sleaze, like he personified to nobody's surprise. Just fantastic in this role. The band starts bickering on the plane because one of the band members stole the other band member's signature like look, like face look. Um, and Alan Cumming says, it, it was pretty clever at times. He's like, we'll get the choreographer to give you a new face. <laughs> and that settles the, mm-hmm. the argument. And one of them goes, du jour means family. <laughs> They're like, no, du jour means hard work. Like, mm-hmm. it's pretty good in the beginning. Um, and they're talking about their plans for when they land. And they have this remix that they're listening to. The band is. And one of them presented, like, dumb boy band to the max. One of them is like, hey, there's this this underlying track. Can you tell us where it came from? We haven't heard this before. Um, and Ellie Cumming says, no, I don't know where it came from. And they're like, well, can you find out for us? We're kind of like wondering what's going on with this underlying thing in our music. And what happens next? You are not prepared for this early in the film. Alan Cumming and the pilot have a conversation in the cockpit where Alan Cumming's basically like, they're getting wise. And they parachute out the plane to let the plane crash. They land safely. We're going to talk about it in a minute, but the underlying track is subliminal messaging. The whole mm. thing here is that there's subliminal messaging, and anytime a band gets wise, 
Mm. Kill them off. That's why there's been mm. so many famous bands and plane crashes. That's why there's been so many drug overdoses. Like, talk about that in a little bit. But the parachute mm. at the plane is extremely stark and fun. Mm. And it happening this early in the movie, I was so confused because it felt like that band was going to be the protagonist of the movie for for the first few minutes of it. And I'm like, that's not Jonesy and the Pussycats at all. Those are dudes. No. Um. So we cut through a little bit. We get, um, we meet Josie and the Pussycats and they're performing at a bowling alley, but nobody came to the show because they're playing that rock and roll music. Mm. Um, they are Valerie, who's like the smart one. Um, Josie, who is the bright-eyed lead singer. And uh-huh. Tara Reed, who is, man, she was in this movie so that Karen from Mean Girls could run. She is dumb and hilarious. It's <laughs> like, was delightfully surprised at her comedic timing in a lot of this. She was, she was pretty funny in this. Um, very much the uh, dumb hippie archetype, I would say. Mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautiful gal plays this perfectly. Um, and they have, a hack manager. They have someone that they have as a manager to say that they have a manager who's doing nothing for them. Um, his girlfriend, wife, partner, whoever is Missy Pyle, and she's kind of a bitch um, and glomming on to the success of this manager. Um, uh-huh. At the bowling alley, we get three typical hot girls. Okay. And they are there to bully them about how nobody came to their show. So they came Mm. to the show to tell them that nobody came to the show. Um, Very unnecessary, other than to let you know that the rock music that they're playing is not popular. Mm. Um, So they're talking about their, to their non-manager manager who's giving them some BS. And the news breaks that... uh, Du jour is missing. This boy band is missing. That their flight crashed, um, and they're all watching this on TV, talking about how sad it is. Um, and there's a, a funny line where they're like, "The tragic events. We will never know what happened, but we do know that their commemorative box set is available right mm-hmm. now for purchase." Um, which is like, there's good little biting lines in this. Mm-hmm. It's just very surface level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get even Ellen Cummings scouting for new talent. He's in Riverdale looking for a new band. And there's some very blatant conversations that happen with Parker Posey of um, just get me a new band. This idea of it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter mm. what they are. Just get me a new band so that we can restart the cycle um, and clear this new cycle of this band being missing. Right. Um and so he, this is how you can tell it was 2001, he walks into a department store, weird enough on its own, um, and asks the salesperson, demonically in his evil voice, if there's like any any bands that are local um, that he should be keeping an eye out for. And mm-hmm. while that's happening, you see shoppers in the store listening to what's currently on, also from Mega Records. And they need to buy pink shoes because pink is the new red. And they're talking about brand, 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 brands. Um, and they put on the unreleased track uh, from DuJour. And the cycle starts again. So this is kind of the reveal of, oh, the remix had the subliminal messaging in it. They're playing it in a store. Everybody's running to buy things. Um that's, that's kind of when you start to put it together more as a viewer. We see the most 2000s looking guys in the world. One of them's like, I need to buy a six pack of Zima. And his friend is like, you don't drink. And he's like, yeah, but I wanna. Like all of the sudden, um, Zima, just the most phenomenal callback, really. Zima had a hold over all of us uh, around the turn of the millennium. <laughs> We couldn't. We couldn't get rid of it. It was there. It was like it was ubiquitous, you know. It was uh, and and the Mike's hard. I, I was a little mm-hmm. young for this, but I feel like Zima and Mike's hard. Were, Mike, Mike's hard were, came later. Zima was a trailblazer. Like there okay. was there was there, <laughs> there, there was nothing like Zima. 
Everyone was like, Zima, what's Zima? And then everything came out afterwards that was just basically a ripoff of Zima. That was like, it was, was it better than Zima? Yeah, probably. But Zima was the first. Zima was the one that got everything started. And then everyone was like, Zima was like that. Like, like I remember when I was on top and all these, and he's just <laughs> sitting there like the, the hard bitten old, like drunk at the bar. Like, what, what can I get you? Another me. Cause I'm a Zima, please. I, I drink. And like, no, it was great. Um, uh, yeah, I remember Zima, the Zima. commercials. I remember it being oh, like, yeah. Zima. Oh, everyone made, everyone made fun of Zima. But then all of a sudden there was, you, you, you it was, it, you couldn't throw a rock without hitting a Smirnoff ice. Like about five years after Zima, like it was, I was like, oh, I have a Smirnoff ice and all these different flavors. Mike's hard lemonade, Mike's hard cherry lemonade. And none of those things would have happened if it weren't for Zima. Zima, what <laughs> shattering glass ceilings? That's right. Oh man, hearing that reference, everything else was a little bit more like Foot Locker, uh, like still felt relevant, but Zima was a moment in time that mm. I didn't know that they were referring mm-hmm. to. Um, and then Alan Cummings comes across a goth girl who does not like this music and thinks it's mm. crap. Um, and he just, in that Alan Cumming wit that only he has, like, uh, he's like, no, people people in our industry want to hear from people like you. And she's like, yeah, right. And he's like, no, sincerely, like, I want to know why you don't like these kinds of things so that it, it's kind of set to feel like he's saying so that I can target you. But what happens is they go off to have a conversation and there are immediately kidnappers waiting outside to pick her up in the most stark, hilarious manner of um, uh-huh. just like every single one of you that is not a sheep we must simply do away with mm-hmm. was a, yes. a pretty cute little little thing here. Um, but then we get a conversation. We don't know it's Parker Posey yet. Um, because we don't see her full face because it's just an evil conversation on the oh, phone. Yeah. Of get a band back here or you're fired. Um and then we cut to Josie and the Pussy Cats. Um and their inspired selves because of DuJour's passing. They feel like life is too short and they haven't been doing enough and they need to get out into the streets and play, man. Um and so they do that in front of this same store. And while Alan Cumming is getting in a car to get away from the kidnapping he just committed, there's like a meet cute where the car stops um, and the store manager had called the police on the girls because that's not the kind of music that's going to bring people into his store. So they're running mm-hmm. from the cops. He's kind of running for the cops too because of this kidnapping. And then they collide. Uh, and he offers them a deal on the spot and Valerie, because she's smart, uh, is like, shouldn't we maybe consider? And Josie uh, also feels like this is all sudden raises things like you haven't even seen us play yet or heard our music. It's not right. concerned to Ellen coming. And he does a good job of being the manipulator of like, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was your dream. Like <laughs> you don't want to sign a record deal with the biggest record label in town. Um, so they eventually sign it. And there's this fun little, <laughs> little conversation that happens between Parker Posey and, and Alan Cumming where she says, this better not be a failure like the last one. Like, we can't we can't afford another du jour. And he's like, mm. oh, no, it's like Christina Aguilera with one girl who's incredibly tan or TLC with two white chicks. Like, just, <laughs> he goes, or whole. <laughs> just like. All Three right. completely different situations mm-hmm. of a solo artist, an R&B, three mm-hmm. women who are black, mm-hmm. and uh, Hole, who, of course, what do you even say about them and what they did for women and grunge and stuff? So um, it's like a pretty cute, pretty cute little scene. Um, and then she gets off the phone and says, this is when it picks up where things get go from zero to 60. It's a little All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Parker Posey says, I have to get off the phone. The feds brought some foreigners in. Whoa. (laughs) All right. Foreigner 
leaders, meaning foreign leaders from other countries in this case. Ah. And she reveals to them the Subliminal Advertising Command Center. Um, and we get this really quippy little educational video from Eugene Levy. That is as if you were getting trained to keep chemicals out of your eyes. It's, mm -hmm. hello, thank you so much for watching, foreign leaders. Subliminal advertising and music, like in the most dad delivery. Mm -hmm. It's so perfectly done. Um, and Parker Posey uh, gets asked by them, well, what happens if, if the bands find out? And she says that's why there's been so many plane crashes and so many overdoses and said, we even created a popular TV show to help explain things to people. And then you just hear the VH1 behind the music <laughs> theme, which was pretty clever. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of is the... They do a nice job of letting you piece together the clues and then telling you, like, okay, you were right about those clues. <laughs> like, yes. It's very demonstrative, but they do at least have some subtlety completely on, on Alan Cummings' performance and all of this. But the band is in the studio. Tara Reid is pressing on the walls about how they're smushy because <laughs> of the soundproofing because she's an idiot. Um, and they go to record something and it gets put through the mega processor, which is basically what injects the subliminal messaging into their song. So they play a couple of, of uh, bars of their music and then it's put through the mega processor and something sounds different, but they can't tell what it is because it's so subliminal. Uh, and when they play it back, you just hear Tara Reid go, I want a Big Mac. <laughs> and they're like, but you're a vegetarian. And she goes, I know, <laughs> but I want one. Maybe we can stop on the way home. And then uh, Valerie says, okay, but we have to go to Foot Locker first. And they, they do kind of have this moment of like, huh. Um, but Tara Reid was really good. Like she, she was pretty great uh, at at her part there. Yeah, there was there was there was a time. This was right around uh, American Pie. Like she she had a run where she like she was she was the was, to 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 quote a phrase she was the hot dumb girl du jour. Um, <laughs> and I don't. I mean, you know, she she ran into some troubles. Let's say. Uh, yeah. A few few years after this, and has never quite bit, picked back up. Uh, you know, Sharknado's notwithstanding, <laughs> her career never really has reached the same um, apex that it did around this time. But she she was uh, she, she was she was used a lot in these kinds of movies and these kind of roles for a reason. Um, yeah, no, I I was also think I, I looked at this. This uh, the release date was April of two thousand one. Um, I, I was uh, I was studying abroad in the UK and had no time to like go see movies or even think about it. But I do remember this poster being around. But but by the time like I had got I came back to the states in July, like that was you know like I, I didn't even didn't even cross my mind to like look for it at, at Blockbuster or anything. So it just it just slipped beyond my fingers and i had no uh yeah no 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 reason to pick it up again but i was like there was a that was a weird time for me personally because movies that came out during the months i was studying abroad in the uk just i if i did not make an effort to go back and watch them years later like a lot of my i didn't even know that certain like like when did this come out and i'll look at it and go oh that's why that's why I had never heard of this thing that otherwise I would have been interested in because it came out for me when I was like not in all in tune to any of that. So that is interesting. It uh I had no idea it had anything clever about it. Like that yeah, that's what no, kind of bummed me out was I was like, oh I, I thought this I've, was just like a I've never seen a trailer. I do I do not the only thing I knew of it was the poster that I would see in in the tube in the in the London subway. I would like there was for a few weeks going into my stop that I would take to go from where we were staying to where we were studying. There was a Josie and the Pussycats, and I knew um, Rachel Lee Cook from what's it? What, uh, she's all that because I because I had had I had, had uh, a girl I was dating drag me to that, um, and uh, so I knew that. 
Uh, I had no idea who Rosario Dawson was at the time. And for some reason, I did not ever put two and two together with um, the Tara Reid. So it's just the three of them. Like, oh, it's a hot chick girl band movie. This is definitely not for me. And because I wasn't reading reviews at the time of anything, like it just, I filed it away as something, this is something you will never watch and not miss a second of. Like, it won't be a thing like, oh, but I really wish I had, no, that won't be a thing. So, uh, so yeah, I had never seen a trailer. I had never never seen anything except for one particular poster. And they don't do anything with, with, with that particular advertising to let you know there's anything above the surface or below the surface on this. Yeah. No, I knew all three women who were in this and I had no idea Alan Cumming was in it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and he is the movie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And it's also, like, I'm giving it more credit than I probably should. Because I can't say it's... It has, like, a five or six on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's exactly where it should be. If it wasn't so spoon-fed, it would be a lot more fun. Yeah. But it is it is extremely surface level, and a different cast probably makes this really rough. Like, if you don't have Parker Posey in her role, um, it's it, it'd be, it would be bad. It would be bad, yeah. I think. Um, but so... So, so Tara Reed and her wanting the Big Mac. I will say it feels very much like Karen from Mean Girls was inspired off of this role and this archetype. Mm. Amanda Seyfried does it better. She's 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 unbelievable in that movie where Tara Reed mm-hmm. does what she's there to do. Um, but Mean Girls will always have a special place in my heart, and Amanda Seyfried is unreal. In that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so then we get kind of what you would expect from this movie, what you and I would have assumed would be in this movie before we knew right. anything. And that is a chart-topping montage. Oh, good. Got to have one of those. Of course. Uh, the fake music in this is not great. And you know my feelings on pop punk, so I'll just leave oh, no. it at that. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it is? Is it pop punk? It's Yeah, it's kind of... It's kind of uh... Is it Paramori? Eh, Avril Lavigne, more. Mm, yeah, that would make that would make more sense. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. little a little more mainstreamy. Um, yeah. But we get there. They're rising up the charts. You see the what that thing you did do did very well. They do not as well here, but they do it of the like they're number seven. They're number whatever. They're climbing. Um, and there's even a scene where the popular bitches from four show up at their hotel door to tell them how much they love their music. And they have this moment of like, we know you. <laughs> and they're like, we're your biggest fans. And they're like, nah, you hate us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's when they get the big news that kind of ends up leading to the, the apex of the movie. They're going to work their first stadium show in what Parker Posey it's unbelievable, man. She's she's such an underrated comedic actor. Um, she she labels it Operation Big Concert, mm. uh, <laughs> and the whole idea behind Operation Big Concert is these pussycat ears um, have this new. They call it 3D technology, which is just funny because it's audio, um, where mm-hmm. it's, it feels like there's going to be surround sound. And she's telling mm. this to a government official, and yeah. uh, they're going to be able to put their messaging in there in the most surroundest sound possible. And it's going to be a concert, and it's going to be telecasted, and you can only hear it if you go out and buy these, to which they sell half a million of. Um, and there's of this really out of its way but funny departure moment between Parker Posey and the government official, where like. <laughs> This, the 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 satire of it is is uh to seems to be uh, the way you're describing it, fairly heavy handed but it's spot on with like if you said you are only allowed to enter the lottery for Taylor Swift tickets you know what I mean like like if if they were like okay uh, we'll give out the tickets but there's a lottery for it and you have to you are only allowed to enter the lottery for the tickets or even to like try and sign up to buy them. If you first purchase this otherwise useless $50 bracelet that has a code embedded in it, I, those things would sell millions of because people 
they, they don't have that concept of how they're being completely built out of all this stuff. Like, and, and so oh. that is not a thing that um, that uh, that is too far off off the off the mark at all. And in two thousand one, I mean, I don't even hate Kiss. I liked face paint era Kiss. They're the most egregious example of it all, but it's not subliminal in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch being in your music. Like there was a thing where it started to seep into this really crappy music that I always hated I, and was ostracized for hating. <laughs> I I do love that is particularly with the LFO song. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. It was like Abercrombie and Fitch obviously slipped that production company some money to put that in their hit song. But also the Chinese food lobby has to be very angry <laughs> about the next line in the song because that is anti-subliminal advertising. Don't go to go buy stuff mantra Abercrombie and Fitch, but stay away from the Chinese food. When you're in the food court? In, in the food court, stay away from the no, no, no. You know, you know who's who was giving them money? McDonald's, Subway. Mm-hmm. The the alternatives to the Chinese food place in the food court. Because Chinese uh, food makes you sick. Sabaro? Huge yeah. money. Oh, she's Sabaro's just like, come on. Hey, come on, OE. Let me give you some money to make sure nobody goes to the Chinese food place. There you go. Um it it is it is clever if it weren't so blatant. Yes. Uh, but you're right in that device, especially during boy band era. Like all my friends oh, yeah. that were normal would have been running out to buy cat ear versions of whatever. Um <laughs> I was not. I was so obsessed with the Yankees. Mm. <laughs> like, all of my normal friends. Yep. All of my mm-hmm. normal friends. Yep. Um, but so we have this like out of the way, but kind of funny little exchange between the government official and Parker Posey, where the government official says, the kids will never know what hit them. And she goes, and neither will you. And he goes, what? And she goes, what? <laughs> he was like, you just said something. And she goes, no, I didn't. <laughs> It's Parker Posey, man. Gotta and he goes, it. he goes, you, yes, you, you did. You said it. Neither will you. And she, I forget how she re-engineers it, but she's like, yeah, I meant, and neither will you even realize how successful this is going to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to walk away again and goes, that was close. Like very audibly again. <laughs> and he's like, you mm-hmm. just what was that? <laughs> she was like, I meant that was close to being wow. a really special moment. Um, and then they don't kiss, but it's, it was so unnecessary and hilarious. Um, and then you see things start to creep in a little bit. You um, yeah. get Tara Reed in the shower because of course you do. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like in the horror movie way when someone's oh, in the shower. Okay. Yeah, good. And uh, someone sneaks into her room and writes, beware of the music on her mirror. And she's she has this really <laughs> this really great reaction mm-hmm. where she's mm-hmm. like, oh my god! And then she just puts smiley faces where in like the B and the O and she's like, ah. mm-hmm. <laughs> So as long as it's happy in the phrase, she's mm-hmm. okay with it. Um... And we also get a tender moment between Alan M and Josie. Alan is uh, a longstanding friend of hers who they've had a flirtation, but nothing's happened with. He's a little mm-hmm. dense. He's the most 2000s looking dude. Shaggy hair, the flip flops that everyone had where it was like mm-hmm. like the brown fabric thong. Flip- oh my God. Um she brings him on tour as her guitar tech. Um, and they have a, a, a bit more of a tender moment because everything is getting so chaotic with the big show and all the press that she has to do um, that they can hardly find time to, to hang out. Uh, but he helps her with her dress. She She's never looked like this before, but she doesn't look bad. It's just so different. Um, mm-hmm. And she has this chain thing on her neck and she needs help getting it tied. And then Alan Cummings walks in um, and he's like, hey, 
you want to hang out tomorrow? And Alan Cummings like, what time? <laughs> and he was like, I, I want to hang out with her at like one. And he's like, MSNBC. It's like two, MTV, three, like going through all these times. And he was like, you can have 4.15. <laughs> and he goes, all right, guy whose life is going nowhere. <laughs> and that's the end mm-hmm. of our tender little moment. Um, and then we... Or I'm sorry, sold to the young man with no future was the exact line. I wrote that down because it was so good. Um, and then they go to this big like release party and it's at Parker Posey's mansion. And this is when we find out Parker Posey has no idea how to be a person. It is <laughs> so much fun. She's like, girls, let's have some girl time. Come into my bedroom. Her bedroom's insane. Um... And they have, like, she's just trying to have conversation that is girl talk that she's seen before. It's very, very funny of her trying to exist. And she has this one line that just screamed Christina Aguilera alarm bells at me, where she goes, how much do you weigh to Josie? And Josie goes, um, 118 pounds. And she goes, I'm 115, but your music's still pretty popular. All I could think about was how Christina Aguilera, who is Hispanic, but you could tell by her last name, was like, you're not allowed to have hips. Here's an eating disorder. Um, And then you hear her talk with a lisp. And then she goes, oh, God, sorry, I have something in my teeth. That comes back into play later. Um, But they start thinking, like, this girl's weird. This is all a little bit wacky. Start to catch on. Um... And Parker Posey and Alan Cummings say, this is getting dangerous. They're starting to ask questions. And Alan Cummings like, guess we got to get rid of them. And she says, you idiot. We've already sold 500,000 of these pussycat ears. They have to play the concert. And then they decide only Josie has to play the concert. Because she's the one that is the face of the band. There's a scene earlier where they have a, a huge Times Square billboard. And it says, Josie and the Pussycats. And Valerie says, we're just the Pussycats. What's this? And he explains, uh, you sell twice as many records if you have someone that's like the front of the band. In fact, if you have blank and the blank, you sell way more records. And Valerie says, but what about like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Or he's like, well, if you want to get into nuances like that. (laughs) Yeah, sure, I guess. But, and they kind of just move on from it. Uh, so Valerie's kind of wising up this whole time. And so they decide that they have to take out the rest of the pussycats, the other two being idiot Mel and smart Valerie. Um, and Parker Posey says, uh, on the next behind the music, Josie loses her pussycats. And they have this maniacal laugh off where it's just the two of them trying to out maniacally laugh each other. Which is really I believe good. I've seen that clip. I believe I've, that is where the, the Parker Posey and Ellen Cumming laughing at each other very oddly. I've seen that clip and I have no idea what movie it was from. The more you know. It's the more you know. so funny. Um, I would love to see uh, the two of them in these characters or anything else. Like their chemistry on screen because they have such brilliant timing mm-hmm. as individuals when you throw them in the same room. Like they're really, really the driving force in this. Um, so then you cut to Alan M and Josie going to the aquarium on their date and gosh, like they just can't even connect because there's so many fans around mm-hmm. and yeah, okay. uh, when that happens. Oh, it's, just, it's the worst. It happens to me all the it's- time. I know it's crazy. I'm sure you had it on vacation. You're like, I'm just trying to oh, enjoy my everyone, family. Ah, not another autograph. Oh God, all these sour graph heads coming oh. up to you. Sour um, selfies all all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but Alan is a musician, and he reveals that he got his first gig, um, and she agrees to go to it. That as the fans are bombarding her. Uh, Allie kind of like stows her away in a side room and you see the classic scene where everybody runs by and doesn't realize that the the person peeled Mm. away into another room. And in the 
fish tank, there's you just see a big sign for Evian in the, in the background, which I thought was pretty cute. Um, and nothing physically happens with them, but you can see that the flirtation is building out, and she has this mm-hmm. moment with him where she says that she's extremely overwhelmed. I don't, I'm not ready to play a giant concert like this. What if I can't do it? And he's like, you got to believe in yourself. And she goes, what if I can't? And he goes, well, I guess I'll have to believe in you for the both of us. Mm. Uh, And so then the downfall or the attempted downfall of the Pussycats begins. They go back to their hotel, their penthouse, Uh, And Alan Cumming comes in and Valerie is looking around and everything is Josie.com. Josie branded, Josie this, Josie that. And uh, he says, I I forget the exact exchange, but they're discussing something. And Valerie says, well, why don't you ask Josie? She's the leader here, right? And Josie's like, no, man, it's all of us. And Alan Cumming, cunning little devil that he is, says, well... I actually have the two of you set up for TRL tomorrow uh, without Josie. And Valerie does a 180 and is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I ever doubted you. Thank you so much. Josie, are you okay with uh, us mm-hmm. going without you? And she's like, of course, I could use break. Um, and then we got to a chaotic little scene where they go to TRL and it is fake TRL. The backdrop is fake. The uh, television has TRL and yellow tape. And they are there to be killed by Carson Daly. <laughs> oh, I wanted it to be Carson Daly. It was part of the fake thing. It's like, hello, I am Carson Daly. Am Welcome Carson Daly. to TRL. Tell um, us more about your new album. It would have been so great if it wasn't like a fight scene and it was just fake TRL and they were dumb enough to fall for it. But uh, while this is going on, it's it's a pretty fun little fight scene. And uh, Tara Reid's character's name is is Mel. And she just keeps accidentally being good at fighting. And it kind of ends with her Mm. with like a Matt Damon cardboard cutout and Carson Daly asking her on a date and her being like, no, and and pushing him off to the side. And she's like, but I'll go on a date with you, cardboard cutout of Matt Damon. Um, It's a a good enough little scene. They escape their imminent death. Uh, And while this is going on, we find out that Josie uh, is talking to Alan Cumming and she's supposed to go to Alan M's show. And he says... That it was canceled. He actually, there's a message at the front desk that Alan's show was canceled. And she goes, really? And then he was like, yes, wait a moment. And he calls the front desk to deliver a message. <laughs> like the timing from him is the whole mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like, oh, I, I should call him. That's such a bummer. And he was like, the message also said uh, that you should leave him alone for several hours. He's very upset. And she was like, really? In that one message? And he was like, yes. Just a moment. Phone call. <laughs> Calls the front desk to fill in all of this context. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, yes, yes, that was all included in the message. Uh, and he was like, you need to listen to this remix of uh, one of the, the next song that you have. And she's like, I could kind of, can I do it tomorrow? Like, I could really use, like, a night off. I thought I was going to be going to this concert. He gives her this lecture about actually being committed to this. And she's like, I'm committed. I'm committed. Um, You see her listening to the Discman. Huh? Mm. Remember Discman? I had one for that that trip to to, 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 uh, Night of Discman. I I had it, like, wrapped up in towels. So I was walking with my backpack. It wouldn't skip. Got it. Got to do it. Got to in the car, trying to get those things to stabilize in the car. Can't do it. Can't do it. Impossible. So she's listening to it and she's listening to it in the bathtub and she's listening to it and listening to it. And she's getting phone calls from Valerie and Mel. She's getting phone calls from Alan being like, hey, why aren't you at my show? Um, But because she's being a good little student and listening, she misses these phone calls. Uh, Mm. And... 
then we see her walking down the street with her disc man on and she sees the posters of the three of them. There was a, a falling out scene that happened um, where you realize that the track she's listening to is programming her to tell Valerie and Mel that she doesn't need them, that they're no good, that uh. they're useless, they're pointless. So we get that, and then we get her seeing the poster of the three of them. That's some very specific subliminal messaging. It's extremely, but they have a recording studio just for subliminal messaging. I know, so. I understand. Purchase things is a very that, that's that's very general. Sure, Be you don't consumer. need these people in your life. <laughs> these specific people, get them out, get them that's out. Right. That's like right. That. Mm -hmm. Um. And like you, they at various points in the movie. If this was done in a modern context, I think it would. They could actually do some really cool production with it. But there's times where you just see the track that's being played underneath, and then this one they reveal that of of what's being said, and it's all like the you talentless hack stuff. Um, mm. So as she's walking down the street, she's feeling very overwhelmed. She sees the poster of the three of them. Um, and she trips and the disc man falls off. And what pops out of her clutch is uh, a bus card. The bus card has a picture of the three of them together. And they had said on the plane before that no matter what happens, if they succeed, if they fail, they'll always be friends. And that those bus cards are going to be a reminder of it. Even when they're millionaires, they're going to hold on to these local bus cards. And she sees that. And with the headphones off, she starts to put two and two together of like, I instantly started to feel different, which I also think is not how subliminal messaging works, but it does in this movie, damn it. Um, and she finds out that the girls left. Um, and then she's starting to put things together a little bit. We see her um, go back to her sleazy old manager who who was hesitant about her signing in the first place, but then found out he'd be 15, making 15% of whatever uh, she would be making. And he was okay with it all of a sudden. Um, and she goes, I can't believe I'm going to ask you this, but I actually need your help. And they go back into the studio and she said, something was different when I recorded it. And, and we got the end product. Like I just felt like it wasn't just what was going on in my performance. And they put together that the mega processor was the issue. But at this point, Valerie and Mel have already left and it's time for the big concert. Okay. Um, and she's figured this out. She pieces it together. She confronts um, Ellen Cumming and Parker Posey about this. And Parker Posey unveils this car and says, uh, <laughs> and Tara Reed says, Oh my God, it's a new car for us. <laughs> or for me and then she says no it's not a new car for you and she goes oh my god it's a new car for valerie <laughs> and she says no um but what it is is it's a it's it's their demise if they don't play this concert anyway with all this money on the line despite knowing this um they're gonna kill them off in in this car so you can either play the show together or you can get killed off in this car and what they roll is basically the du jour announcement but with the framework of the car accident. So you have this idea that they have all the murders already planned. It's pre-taped and they, they have all of the like MTV reveals about it. Um, and then this is kind of the climax of the movie, really um, threatening to kill them if they don't play the concert. And then who walks through the door um, we get this this scene where Parker Posey said, who's going to believe you? Like, who's going to believe this one lonely little girl up there in Josie um, mm -hmm. that there's this huge conspiracy going on when you're all alone up there? And wouldn't you know it, Boy Band Du Jour walks back through the door. <laughs> They're alive? They're alive. And they said, I thought you were like, Parker Posey can't believe they're alive and neither can Ellen coming. He goes, we landed the, they're all in body casts and banged up. Um, and he goes, we landed the plane just fine. And he goes, unfortunately, we landed in the parking lot of a Metallica concert. And we <laughs> were promptly beat up and assaulted at that Metallica mm, concert. Mm, mm. And she goes, well, you look okay. And he goes, I thank God every day I remember the words to enter Sandman. <laughs> 
so then we get a nice little melee here. It feels like a go home episode of AEW. Um, but the biggest thing that happens in this fight is Parker Posey goes up to Josie and uh, goes to swing a guitar and the guitar breaks the mega processor in the process. So uh, everything Jeff is Jarrett's done. influence being <laughs> felt everywhere. Everywhere. Mark Briscoe is in in stitches at this point. Um, but the track that it ends up playing, it's not some big government takeover. It's that Fiona, who's Parker Posey's character, um, just wants everybody to think that she's really cool. <laughs> the track that's playing is about how great Fiona is, how wonderful Fiona is. Um, and she's done all of this to get the approval of the people. Um, you hear that track has a lisp. Um, and she said she's been bullied her whole life and all she's ever wanted was to to feel the way that like basically being a rock star feels is kind of what's insinuated. Um, she wasn't cool. And then Alan Cummings says, wait, Lisa? Lisping Lisa Snyder? <laughs> and uh, he reveals himself to be white-ass Wally. Uh, turns out he's not British. He was just speaking with a British accent the whole time. He was albino and got made fun of. Um, she learned to speak without a lisp, uh, and they were like, I guess the message of the movie is that romance is, or is like that love is real or something. And then the sleazy manager from the beginning goes, no, it's to be who you are. We don't need these clothes to be cool. Um, and he promptly goes and undresses and comes out with a guitar later. <laughs> like, we don't need any clothes to be cool. Um, and then the government official arrives and Josie, because she's a naive, darling little idiot, is like, oh, thank God the government is here to think that they would be here to do anything about it. Um, and obviously they were in on the whole thing, but the government official says that they're going to arrest them on uh, charges of conspiracy against the youth of America. And Parker Posey was like, you cannot be serious about this. Like, you've known this. Um, and he says, he was like, yeah, but we need a fall guy. And <laughs> he says, uh, we were actually going to shut down the whole thing anyway. We found that subliminal messages work much better in movies. And then they play this quick little, Josie and the Pussycats is the best movie ever made. <laughs> like, little, little thing in there. Um, and so they're arrested, but in love and they go and end up playing the concert anyway, without the need for subliminal messaging. And that is kind of the, that's, that's basically it in a nutshell. It was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Did feel a little anticlimactic. Like it was a little too forgiving to Parker Posey and, uh, Ellie Cumming, who not only have committed conspiracy against the youth of America, but also murdered several bands in the process. It sounds like, so I guess, right. I guess the resolution can happen post arrest, but it, right. it did feel a little light on that, but mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a clever little movie. This was better than I, I thought it was going to be. If it wasn't so, if it wasn't so surface level, I think it could have been really, really witty. And I think if they tried it in a more modern context with some of the stuff you could do, like if the people that made um, the Queen like biopic took a stab at something like this, I think it could actually be really, really fun. Um, mm. But it's just very, very much in that early 2000s point blank style. And well, you think like yeah. not another teen movie, all of the things that were coming out in the satirical vein around right. this, like they're, right. they're pretty heavy handed, but it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Um, if you're gonna like dupe people into going to see uh, Josie and the Pussy Pussycats with a with a poster that shows none of this, you gotta you gotta expect the people you're gonna get are like twelve and thirteen year old girls mostly. And then if your satire is like makes you think, that ain't gonna work. Yeah. So it's gotta be heavy handed and and goofy to get them to like actually enjoy the movie at all. Otherwise, I'm like this was boring. I don't know. Tara um, Reid was funny though, because she's an idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, no, it is uh, certainly not what I expected uh, to be uh, told. Um, yeah, the 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 whole thing of like, so the reason I just I created the mega processor was because 
I wanted everyone to like me. Um, yeah, it was like, especially then, because we brought in foreign government leaders and stuff. But like, it then, should have been a world takeover. Then I partnered with McDonald's and Foot Locker, as well as the governments from all the other places in the world, to also slip their things in there. But mostly it's about me being beloved. Um, is, uh, is odd. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess, you know, this is one of those things where they tell you, don't think too hard. Uh, otherwise it'll, it'll ruin everything for you, which is, uh, you know, hard for me to do. So I'm glad I didn't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, honestly, the, the, the you know, the, the, the cast seems to make it work. Uh, it is, it is so much on the. Um, performance of Alan Cumming. Like, and Parker Posey is great in it, too, but, like, with Alan Cumming being half mastermind, half henchman, and just yeah. his 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 comedic timing is so brilliant in a lot of it. Right. Like, the the whole scene where he's leaving the notes at the front desk is, like, there that fails so hard if, if oh, lesser people sure. are in this role. Like, it's a, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. We've definitely watched worse things on this show. Yeah, but it no, isn't and, something and, and, that you should you should now go watch because right yeah <laughs> right yeah no it's uh, no we we've definitely watched worse things and I'm sure we will again oh uh, yes. prob- prob- probably next week just the odds are are not in our favor Uh so so yeah um uh, well you know I'm I I I, I enjoyed being um being being told about what happened again I think the biggest misstep had to had to have been not obvious robotic. Uh, Carson Daly. Um, just I, I need. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been great. It would have been great. But, um, but other than that, other than that, um, yeah. I was kind of. I the cast definitely outkicked the coverage of the story, right. but I was also surprised how many brands that they got on board for something that was essentially making fun of corporate placement. Like they got a lot yeah. of like big names involved in it. And Carson Daly, it doesn't surprise me that much. Cause if you've heard him in, in longer form interviews, you can, he, that guy has an understanding of the music business. That is an educated opinion. Like even though he was yep. put in, in the dummy role, it, it's not yes. surprising to me. He'd want to no, no, he, 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 uh, he warped the brains of millions of American children. Um and 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 got rich off of it, but he knows what he did was wrong, which means he probably should be behind bars. But you know, it's 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 fine, it's fine. It'll be okay. Well, <laughs> he was selected for the hosting role of a machine. Yeah, did it. Yes, that but, is true. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, it was it was. I thought it was going to be an arduous watch, and it wasn't. It wasn't that bad, but it wasn't good. It was. Exactly I do love also medium. how. I, I I picked this for myself because I thought it was going to be awful, but it turned out to be okay. It turned out to be right, which is like a disappointment in some ways. Yeah, um, you never, yeah. Mm. But it it was nice. It was also like it was well paced too, which always helps. Like it it definitely it moved along, which I feel like some of the early two thousand stuff is bad with that. Like it takes yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I need to keep the flick. Mm-hmm. I would say um, if you're a, a big Alan Cummings fan, uh, you, you you could give it a go. I, I don't think it's like a, a fundamental satire in satire history or, mm-hmm. or that biting of a commentary. I would say if they made a remake of it, in a modern context, it would probably be something I, I would go out of my way to see because I think there's a lot of um, juice left on the table with where this could have gone rather than where right. it is that I, I think modern production would help it. So I'm not going to say yeah. keep the flick, but I'm also not violently getting it out of here. <laughs> just, just a gentle, like, shoe. Just a shoe. Like when you're not trying to kill a bug, but you're trying to get it out of the room. It's yes, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just you, you, you open, you open the screen door, hoping the fly will fly out of it. Yeah, but you're not really doing yeah. much to yeah. like coerce it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's you. one of those. All right. one yeah. Those. All right. Well, next week, who knows? But uh, we'll we'll figure out something to do. Uh, we got some things in the back burner. 
Um, and uh, yeah, next week we'll tell you whether or not we're going to get the flick out of here. Bye, everybody. Have a good weekend. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.